The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Some stories uh, have a way of sticking with you such that you can even remember the place you were and uh, the surroundings uh, in which you first heard the story. You know, we're getting close to Christmas now, and and maybe you can remember the first time or one of the first times you heard the Christmas story. Uh, Maybe it was in these very pews, uh, or maybe in the sanctuary that preceded this one. Uh, Maybe it was uh, in your family's living room as you were gathered near the Christmas tree and a grandparent or a parent read the Christmas story to you. You know, there are stories like that that are hugely significant uh, for our life of faith uh, and our stories that get told and retold. But there are other stories that maybe don't feature as prominently in our biblical storytelling, and yet when you hear them, uh, sometimes they, are, uh, uh, they just stick out so much that you can still remember. And, and for me, one of those uh, is the story of Uzzah. And you say, who's that? <laughs> well, Uzzah, I remember uh, distinctly being in my bedroom, uh, in my childhood home, the light coming in onto the bed, and I'm sitting there with one of my children's Bibles and uh, reading through it uh, and reading the story of Uzzah. This is the story you might recall uh, of uh, when David was bringing up the Ark of the Covenant Uh, that had uh, for a time been stolen from the people of Israel. The people, the Philistines had it, uh, but that didn't work out so well for them. So they sent it back. And when David became king, he decided he was going to bring the Ark of the Covenant up to Jerusalem. And so they put it onto a brand new cart and the cart was making its way up uh, through the hill country and they made their way into this town and this cart started to wobble a little bit and inside it the ark started to wobble a little bit and Uzzah, who was one of those appointed to walk alongside it, thought, I'm going to help God out and he stuck out his hand, put it on the ark and God struck him dead. That'll stick with you. (laughs) 
It did for me anyway. I don't know, maybe you didn't have uh, the story of Uzzah in your children's books, uh, uh, your children's Bible, but uh, uh, if not, you need to read a different children's Bible because uh, those are the stories that really... Now, I don't know uh, why, well, I think I suspect why this story stuck with me. It's because it included the Ark of the Covenant, and as a child, I was a huge Indiana Jones fan, right? And, uh, you know, as a kid, I loved Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, and uh, Indiana Jones, and I could, you know, my picture uh, was you know, children's Bible had a picture of the ark and uh, of it going up, uh, you know, and out of Uzzah sticking out his hand uh, there. But uh, uh, I didn't need that to know what the ark looked like because I had seen the movie. (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, it was uh, one of those things that any time that I'd read about the ark, I knew exactly what it was. But, you know, the story doesn't end there. You know, there is a part of that story uh, you know, the whole God striking Uzzah dead part <laughs> that uh, was a little terrifying to me, right? I mean, to look at God in awe and, and a little bit of uh, fear, uh, honestly, uh, at this whole event. But any fear that I felt paled in comparison to David, who was so afraid that he said, who am I that this ark should come to me? And he said, it's not going one step further. And he took it over to the house of a man named Obed-Edom. And Obed-Edom and his house, they were blessed by the presence of the ark for as long as it was there. It was there for three months uh, until the people around David said, "Uh, David, uh, have you heard about Obed-Edom? Uh, things are going really extraordinarily well for him uh, because the ark is present in his house. And at that point, David's like, okay, let's bring it on up. (laughs) And and he decided he was going to be blessed himself and and the people of Israel blessed with it. Uh, But for the whole time that the ark was with Obed-Edom, three months, uh, his household was blessed. So this begs the question, is the ark of God, is it a, an instrument of wrath, as Uzzah experienced, or was it an instrument of blessing, as Obed-Edom experienced? Seems like it might be a little of both. Uh, and uh, certainly if you would watch Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, they only focus on the wrath part, right? You know, I remember uh, watching in the movie where they show the picture of the Bible uh, that is uh, showing the Ark of the Covenant and rays are coming out from it, almost like they're death rays striking out against the enemies of Israel. Interestingly enough, there's no record of, of the of rays coming out from the, from the Ark of the Covenant, though it was taken with the Israelites into battle. But that wasn't the primary purpose of the Ark. The Ark was actually, it was a box uh, that was uh, you know, made to contain the, uh, the uh, tablets of the law that Moses had received, actually the replacement tablets after he threw down the first ones, uh, and, uh, and this box was gilded, and on top of it sat the two angels facing each other and their wings outstretched. Uh, and that 
top, the lid to the Ark of the Covenant was actually called the mercy seat. Because it was that place, that exact precise location where God promised to meet the people of Israel. And this was the place where they would receive mercy as the high priest came into the Holy of Holies and offered sacrifice and prayer upon, uh, 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 before the Ark of the Covenant on behalf of the people. And where God promised to forgive the sins of the people. Right there in that place, the mercy seat, uh, the lid to the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, It was primarily for the people an instrument of mercy, an instrument of blessing, uh, despite what uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark might have you believe. You know, why do I tell you this story uh, of the Ark of the Covenant uh, and everything? Well, it's because of this. Luke, in the way that he tells the story of the visitation, really recalls this whole experience of Obed-Edom being blessed by the presence of the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God himself in his household for that three months. In the way that, uh, that Luke tells the story of Mary coming to visit Elizabeth, he tells of the three months of blessing that Elizabeth and Zechariah had when the Lord dwelled in their very house. You know, Mary comes to Elizabeth and she enters into the house of uh, Zechariah and she greets Elizabeth. And at the sound of the greeting, the babe inside of Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy. This is John the Baptist leaping for joy before he's even born, just six months into his gestation, there he is, the babe, leaping in his mother's womb. And why? Because he has heard the sound of Mary's voice. He is leaping, not just because Mary is there, but because this is Mary, the mother of our Lord. Our Lord, who at that time was only days from his conception, the annunciation, the announcement from the angel Gabriel who would come to Mary and said, you will bear a son and you will name him Jesus and he will be the son of God, the son of David. This babe, just days, maybe at most a couple weeks into uh, his life was the very presence of God. And Mary, as Luke tells the story, is like the Ark of the Covenant because she bears the very presence of God wherever she goes because she bears Jesus in her womb. Elizabeth recognizes this and she, filled with the Holy Spirit, cries out, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? It's a question that echoes that of David. Who am I that the Ark of the Covenant should come to me? David spoke it out of fear. Elizabeth speaks it out of holy reverence and awe, recognizing the very presence of God in her midst, carried by Mary in her womb. Why indeed did Mary make this visitation? 
She didn't need to go, but she went to help Elizabeth, who herself was going through pregnancy for the first time. This had been made known to Mary when the angel visited Mary and told her uh, first that Mary would be giving birth to Jesus, the Messiah, but then secondly, that her relative Elizabeth in her old age, she who had been called barren and who was well past childbearing years would be bearing a child. This is John the Baptist. Uh, And the circumstances surrounding his birth are just as miraculous uh, as many of the other stories we see in this. Elizabeth was greeted by Mary and, uh, and visited by Mary because Mary wanted to see with her own eyes this gloriously impossible thing that her relative Elizabeth would be giving birth even though she was well past childbearing years. And that's because Mary herself, of course, was experiencing something gloriously impossible. She, a virgin, giving birth to a child. You know, what God had said through the angel to Mary was that nothing would be impossible with God. And Mary wanted to witness and experience this gloriously impossible thing alongside her cousin, her relative Elizabeth. Imagine these two women going through their pregnancies together. Elizabeth uh, entering into her third trimester and Mary entering into just her very early stages of her first. Together, learning about the miracle of life and the wondrous, miraculous nature of the life that was inside of each of them. You know, what was the impossible thing with Mary? Martin Luther says, uh, for God, it is a mere trifle that a virgin would give birth to uh, a child. Uh, and, And, you know, for God, all things are possible so that God, if he willed to do so, could become a human being born in the flesh in the person of Jesus. No, for Martin Luther, what was so gloriously impossible And amazing, most remarkable of all, is that Mary believed. That she, a young girl, a virgin, would believe the word of the angel when he said that she would give birth and that the child would be the very son of God. Indeed, this is the thing that even Elizabeth acknowledges In her blessing to Mary, she says, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Mary was the first of many who would hear the good news. For her, it was spoken by an angel. But she was the first of many who would hear the good news that Jesus the Savior of the world, the Redeemer of humanity and of all of creation was coming into the world to forgive our sins, to be for us mercy and love incarnate. Elizabeth believed this to be true as well. And so it is that on her lips we hear the very first Christian hymn, a hymn sung to her Lord Jesus A hymn of praise, blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
John, still an infant in his mother's womb, was so stirred by the presence of the Lord that he leapt for joy in worship of his Lord. Their experience of the presence of the Lord in Mary was that of blessing, of mercy. What an incredible grace had been shown to them that the Lord would enter into their house. For them, the presence of the Lord meant mercy. And indeed, this was the theme of Mary's song as she too burst into worship and praise of her Lord. You just sang parts of it this morning, intoned in our psalm, uh, psalmody reading of Mary's song, the Magnificat. There Mary spoke of God's mercy shown to Mary, that he would choose her to be the God-bearer. She sang of God's mercy to Israel in fulfillment of all of God's promises to save them. Of God's mercy to those who fear him, who worship him in awe. From the infant in the womb to the aged couple who were chosen to be his parents. God's mercy shown to those who are hungry in feeding them. And mercy shown to those who are lowly in lifting them up. This is how God, the mighty one of Israel, chooses to exercise his strength when he comes, not with wrath, deserving of it though we are, but in mercy. That was the question. When God came, would he come with the kind of wrath shown to Uzzah and to the Philistines? Or would he come and be for them a God of mercy, showing to them the forgiveness of sins by his presence with them? Jesus answers that question by giving to him giving of himself on the cross when he stretched out his arm it was not with a rod to strike down the nations but to receive into his very arm a nail that would hold him to a cross upon which he would die jesus himself would become that atoning sacrifice the mercy seat where God would show mercy to Mary and to Israel and to all people. This is how God in Christ Jesus chooses to be present among us in mercy. Is that the experience that the people whom you visit with, is that their experience of God in Christ through their interactions with you? I pray that it is. I pray that as people come to recognize the presence of Christ in their midst, they would recognize it as a person of mercy. For see, we, the church, we are also, like Mary, a vessel bearing the presence of God into the world. We, the church, are the very body of Christ And through acts of mercy like the one that was shown yesterday with the feeding of those who are hungry, over 70 people that came 
uh, households that came and received parcels to bless them uh, in their need. They experienced the presence of Christ as one who comes in mercy. There are lots of pictures of Christ in the world today. And many of them are pictures, unfortunately, of wrath. But may you, in your visits with people this holiday season and beyond, always may they come to see in you and experience through their interaction with you, Jesus, who is mercy for them. May the Lord lead us forth in praise of him and in those very acts of mercy which show who he is, a God who is for us and not against us, a God who comes in mercy. Today, at Christmas, and always. In the name of Jesus. Amen.